Shut up and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night. That is right. It's I've done this three times this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So you now have effectively learned which day of the week it is three times this week. Uh, it is not Tuesday night, but I do have some huge news for you. Uh, if you've been living under the biggest of rocks that cast the largest shadow, uh, I will fill you in. Um, we have we have great news if you're if you're happy with this uh, it's terrible news if you're into him and you were hoping to take him off the market but i'm going to slide my camera the other way so i can do this without my monitor holy crap i made it worse uh super professional we're we're, we're just so professional around here um mr william doherty daughtry i keep saying it wrong I can't tell which way it is. He's told me. I, I forget because I'm an idiot and I'm a terrible friend. But he is now officially off the market. And we would like to formally congratulate him. We we did a post on it. I wrote it. It was very beautiful. It touched and moved myself and apparently no one else. But hey, uh, <laughs> I'm going to bring him up. Wow. I'm super touched. I did not expect this. Yeah, it's very nice. We're uh, we're very proud of you, and we're glad to see uh, you know Mr. Will become Mr. Mr. Will. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly how it works in the modern era. I think that's the uh, politically correct way to say it these days. But you yeah, just thanks, added extra Mister. Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate you guys. Um, sorry, I have my work phone tonight, so I'm like getting calls from people having to look down and, and check it every once in a while, but I'll do my best to pay attention. Well, if you don't, uh, you get an F, so let's do the ad reads. Let's do those things. Those done, uh-huh. We're lagging. Uh, find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. We stream to Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. And then we upload later to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and the website. Very nice. And you should go to theroyalgreen.com and buy Crown by Gold, book three of the Royal Green series by Jack Casey. You can also buy books one and two 
which are called the Royal Green. What's the middle book called? Oh, Silver Throne. Silver Throne. And Silver and Throne. And yep. uh, you can get them on Amazon. They you get them in Kindle and in paper bag. The Alaskan Raven for all your meme needs. Go check out the Alaskan Raven on the Book of Faces. You got to do this one too. Tollier for KY.com. That's T O L L E R, the number four, KY.com. People over politics. James Tollier is a good personal friend of ours, mine, whoever. Uh, I know him, I think the best, but he's a great dude. He puts people over politics. He's about people helping people. He does great work in his community. So if you want to help his uh, his campaign, go to tarryforky.com. And the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus, you can find us at Facebook, at LP Vets, and Instagram, and Twitter. And join our Discord if you are a Libertarian Veteran. I forgot about that one. It's the crack. It's the crack pipe. Yeah, Bill Crack Better. That's the second time I pulled that thing on screen for no reason. But anyway, that'll get us. That'll get us taken off the air. You just pull that thing out for no reason. That that'll. Your mind's in the gutter, bootleg. Well, you said it. This is a you thing. (laughs) So let's see. We we got. If you want to do an anchor call-in moment tonight, go to anchor.fm slash not a real libertarian. Uh, we've got uh, M- Madam Natalie Bruno. Uh, that's us. That's the electnataliebruno.com. Uh, go to notarealpodcast.com. If you want some sweet dope. Oh, absolutely. We support the fucking Canadian truckers. Yeah, I did an episode on that two weeks ago. Um, yeah, let's see. I uh, got... Not a real, not a real podcast.com. You can find the merch on there. We're switching over slowly but surely to Proud Libertarian. We're getting away from the big money racket. I see our guests down there clapping. Are we really? Are we using yes. Libertarian? Fuck yeah. We we have a code. Uh, I've been waiting to to drop it. Uh, it gives you, I think, twenty percent off. Um, I've been waiting to drop it until our stuff's live. Uh, but this dude is awesome. He's super busy. So he can take as much time as he needs. Hopefully he gets it done soon, but he's a busy guy. He's awesome. He does great work and he works with everyone. No, I'm not sad. I'm very happy for you guys and thrilled for you guys. Thrilled. Have you watched it yet? For me. Say what? Have you watched it yet? I've not watched it yet. I'm a little scared (laughs) to be honest with you. (laughs) You won't be saying that. No, I think think that I'm glad that I steered clear. I I think that I uh, made the right call. I think fate was on my side. Go to to redemptiontactical.com. Use our link that Miss Kaiser is putting in the comments there. It's, yeah, it's, it was bad last night. Oh, but it was fun. Uh, Yeah, it was fun. Well, let's get to our guest, the part of the show that people come for. Well, we've got a guest. Uh, she lives in a state in the Northeast, the the Pennsylvania variety. Um, they've got something, some kind of bell up there. It's cracked. I don't know why you care about a broken bell. It doesn't work. But uh, I'm going to mess up her name. Uh, Miss Christine Womack. 
That's good enough. Yep. <laughs> I, I just skipped out the hyphen part because I was going to butcher all of it. It's counselor, just for the record. Counselor. Where is that from? Do you know? Um, Pennsylvania Dutch, from my understanding. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I uh, I lived in the region of Germany where Pennsylvania Dutch comes from. It's called Faltisch. It's the exact okay. same language that people speak in, in Pennsylvania. It's actually German, not Dutch. Yeah, well, ich spreche Deutsch. Ja, ein bisschen, aber nicht gut. Okay, I don't speak that much. It's been a while since I've taken German. <laughs> but uh, I did have five years in school, so Very I, cool. I, I remember the bad stuff. You know, some of the swear words. Had so what you learned in school, look like a you say ick, right? You like say like ick for I? Ish. Ish. So that's that's Pennsylvania Dutch. That's like yeah. the more dialectic local version. Yeah. We, we, you know, did the notorious, notorious, you know, when you're supposed to do dashing through the snow, we sang dashing through the shit. Um, <laughs> Is that really how they sing it? I didn't know that. Well, that's how we sang it in our class is we sang it dashing through because, you know, you just flip two letters and then it's the, it's the other word. I like that. So, <laughs> so tell us about uh, your part of libertarianism and what brought you into it. Okay, so you want my backstory of how I became a libertarian? I think okay. that's pretty much, I like to start like every libertarian conversation with that because it says a lot about, you know, where somebody goes. And it, yeah. You got to have the backstory for the, the superhero. I mean. Well, I appreciate that. No, um, so I am a, I, I'm a former Republican. Um, my family was very, very political. My grandmother was a tax collector for 45 years in a local township. Um, she helped to get judges and representatives and everything elected as a Republican. So I come from a very political family. And uh, I like to think I, I'm making her proud with all of the things that I do now. But uh, when McCain lost, because that's who I was rooting for, I had my lipstick Republican pin for Sarah Palin. And I, I, I had bad ways. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, I was looking for another option and my ex-husband, my, um, introduced me to libertarianism. He introduced me to Ron Paul. He was my stepping stones into libertarianism. Uh, and then I did some more research and then as time went on, I ended up becoming active in the local party. And it was like the activists, the people who had the boots on the ground that kind of kept me in the libertarian party. And I started being active in York in 2016 when Gary Johnson was running. I helped to run a local campaign for him doing parades and outreach and things of that nature, sign distribution. And then I kind of backed away for a little bit because I got some sexually harassed by some people in our local affiliates who are no longer there. So thank goodness. Um, but I got active again in 2018 and I was the vice chair and then the community organizer in York. And then in 2020, I was this enthusiastic volunteer who wanted to bring Joe Jorgensen to York County. And because I showed ambition, um, they decided to ask me to do more because that's how libertarianism works. You know, mm -hmm. you, you say you'll, you're willing to do something. They go, okay, well, here's 12 more things. Um, and so I worked um, right beside uh, Sam Robb in the Joe Jorgensen campaign. And, you know, we planned a whole event where they did a bus tour through Pennsylvania for ballot access. Sam escorted Joe through the Western side and I escorted Spike through the Eastern side. 
And ever since then, um, I've been gung-ho in campaigns. I was a campaign manager for a special election last spring for Tim McMaster. Um, if I, if I squint, it's cause I took my glasses off. So there wouldn't be a glare just so you know, but, um, I am also managing, uh, Joe Solosky, who's running for the governor nomination this March and Nicole Schultz, who's running for the Lieutenant governor nomination this March as well. In addition to running for chair. Um, but I am still the current, um, actually just got reelected as the community organizer in York. And so in York, we do a lot of trash cleanups. We do feeding the homeless. We do food drives. This past summer, we collected over 700 pounds of food for the local uh, food bank. Uh, we've done protests and a bunch of other stuff. We've gotten a lot of community involvement at like street fairs and carnivals. Um, but it all started with my ex-husband who is now a Bernie bro, by the way. He went from being a McCain what? guy. Uh, he went I'm from so being sorry. McCain to um, Ron Paul to now he's a Bernie bro. What a nightmare. What a worst nightmare. I'm so Imagine sorry. Imagine sharing, sharing a, a boy, a son. <laughs> go ahead and have a funeral. I would just call him your uh, your dead husband. I mean, I don't know. I'm what, just kidding. That's terrible. What you, you need to send him this book. This is a great book. It's by Harrison Lives, Livesley. Uh, okay. It's called Why Socialism Works, and uh, it's 150 pages that explains <laughs> it doesn't. I like how you have all these props like right out of nowhere. That's awesome. Oh, oh, I've also got uh, the Royal <laughs> Green series. Yeah, it's I, I'm astounded because he was like McCain. He was like you know all those Bush and everything, and like then he leaned in and he went. To libertarianism, which I'm very thankful for because that was my stepping stone. Um, and now he now he's Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Bro, like stickers on his car. I, I don't understand. Um, but it was really fun in and I mean that sarcastically during the campaign <laughs> of 2020 because I'm working the campaign and I've become friends with Spike and like my life is libertarianism. And my son, I've involved him in all of that because it was a part of my childhood. And so I feel like it should be a part of his. It helps him to grow and to figure out who he is. And he's going back to his dad telling him um, that the girl president is better than the, the child sniffer. And, <laughs> and I, um, it's a really, it's a really uh, strange dynamic. That's, that's awesome. Though. I don't want to like dig into your personal life too much. Cause I feel mm -hmm. like that's wrong. Go right ahead. I'm but, transparent. So, like, okay, so did the transition happen to being a Bernie bro while you guys were married? No. Nope. Um, I think it had to do a lot with uh, who he's now married to. Wow. That's he kind sad. of he kind of shifts, or I should say, my experience from when we were together is he kind of shifted with the wind. Um, and I I think that that had a big play in, uh, in now the ways, the views that he has. Um, which is There's so funny. Those people who kind of like, you know, just come through and they just kind of attach to us almost on dumb luck or the fact that they are that kind of person perhaps. And they just kind of happen to wander into this movement and get a little taste of it. And of course, you know, they didn't come into it for the right reasons in the first place. So it's probably not for them, but the people who come in here with the open mind who understand the paradigm shift of libertarianism stay, they get it. Yeah. It's like, it's like a new race of human in a way. 
Um, that's a little much, but you know. I think some people find libertarianism and then they get swayed away because they're put in this mindset that it's only the two parties and that the and the libertarian party isn't going to work. It's they not give gonna, up. It's Yeah, just, they they give up because it's a fight and yeah. uh and some people are willing to put the work in. I'm one of those people. We have a lot of those people in Pennsylvania. Um and then there's some people who just want an easy win. And even though their person doesn't always win, um, you know, they just want that easy win or perceived win. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where he falls into, if I'm being realistic. Um, but he and I don't have these conversations anymore. <laughs> I'll say this for a, for a state to, I'll, I'll put it this way. PA is a state that is killing it right now in the LP game. Y'all won what? Something like 45 elections in November. We won 176. That was what, yeah, it was a, yeah, was, I knew it was something crazy. Like, I don't yeah. know why I went with 45, but yeah. I don't know why either, but. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I can't count. Uh, I'm from Tennessee. That's, that's why. Um, public education, we'll blame that. Uh, so I, I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit here. So uh, is your grandmother still around? No, she passed um, about 11 years ago. Were, were you a libertarian then or? I was not. I was I was teetering. I was being introduced to libertarianism. Um, but you know, my dad is still around, her her son, and uh and he and I have these conversations all the time. He's one of the first people I went to when I decided to run for chair. When I was approached by a bunch of friends, um, a bunch of people in the party, not necessarily friends, just colleagues, and they're like, You should you should run. And I went to my dad, I went to my husband first, <laughs> but I went to my dad and I was like what do you think? Um, and you know, the name counselor in York still has like a voice behind it. So if I really wanted to just get gung ho into politics, I could, I could definitely make movement in the Republican side just because of my name alone. But, um, you know, I believe in the libertarian party. I believe in the platform and I believe my grandmother would be proud that I'm standing true to my, uh, my beliefs. Do you think if she yeah. were here today and maybe like the most, the most like best memory you have of her version of herself, do you think that you'd be able to convince her to become a libertarian? I think so. Um, I think part of the older generation is, you know, the libertarian platform has a lot more social aspects to it. You know, the equal rights and the LGBTQ aspect um, that the older generation it wasn't who they were. It's not what they were raised in. But I think that um, my grandmother was coming to those kind of ways. My, uh, I have some biracial nieces. And so, you know, that was brought into her life, you know, that kind of different image of what a family looks like. Okay. And, um, you know, she had friends who had grandchildren who were part of the LGBTQ world. So she was getting slowly introduced to those kind of lifestyles and those kind of family images, if, if that makes sense. And I, I think, I think the core values of the Libertarian Party kind of emulate a little bit of what the Republican Party used to stand for. And I think that those would be the things that she would grasp onto. And uh, I think that she would need some convincing when it comes to some of the things just because of her age and generation. But I think she would, especially seeing how involved I am in the party. She would 100% support me in anything that I do. And she would become interested in it too, because she showed that with things that I did as a teenager. Um, I was in Job's Daughters 
Do you know what that is? No. Do you know who the Freemasons are? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Job's daughters are is the younger girls' version of Freemasons, basically. So it's girls from the ages of ten and twenty, and not they run the, they run the meeting. I'm sorry. East, not Eastern stars. Similar to Eastern Star, but it's the step before Eastern Star. Huh. Okay. So it's it's teenagers, and they run the show. So, um, you know, when I was involved in that, I actually was the chair position. It's called a queen. I was a queen. Um, <laughs> actually, I still have my gavels from when I was in there. Um, oh my I had this out for a joke the other day. But uh, when I was involved in that, she was fully entranced. You know, she made sure she showed up at everything that I, she could possibly do to show her support of me. And I think that she would do that now, too. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to kind of follow up with, you know, with that question about your grandmother. Um, Cause I have family that works in the federal government at different levels for different positions. And the whole taxation and theft conversation gets very interesting. And I was really interested to find out if, you know, if that conversation had ever been had with her, because as a tax collector, that's a, that's, that would be an interesting conversation, I believe. So it's a conversation I've had with my dad and he worked for her. So my grandmother actually helped to install a taxation system in the city and then she got like a kickback and stuff i don't remember my dad tried to, she, it was because they were trying to tax businesses that weren't paying their dues or something like that um so by doing that she got like a very small percentage it was like one percent um and so she was able to then bring in employees to help with you know the the transactions and stuff like that and um and that's how my dad was able to work for her when I was a child. So, you know, he and I have had many conversations and, you know, we disagree. Um, but Spike, excuse me, Spike helped kind of lean him into libertarianism um, when he was in York. He still has some concerns on some of like the social programs and things like that. Um, what social programs? Again, different. <laughs> yeah, okay. not necessarily all of them. And I think. I think maybe social programs is the wrong words. They have a lot of concerns when it comes to social security and Medicare yeah. and all of those like old people things that he's getting ready to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he has a lot of concerns there. So, you know, we've had many conversations about it and I'm just like, but dad, when you remove government, like more can happen. Like, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't always fall in line with it. My, my, uh, my thought process, but Spike kind of spoke to him in his language, I guess. And, you know, he opened up and he and my aunt voted for, they did not vote for the presidential candidates in 2020, but they did vote for most of the slate for auditor general um, and attorney general. And uh, I can't think of what Joe Slosky was running for that time. Sorry. It's been a long day. <laughs> little children um but uh but yeah so they did you know end up voting for the libertarian slate in 2020 um uh, when it came down to down ballot candidates so i am i am i am slowly slowly changing them nice that's what you got to start with your family yeah. right you can't change your family's mind you can't change anyone's mind so at the spot Side note, my mother-in-law is a hardcore Democrat, so it's super fun. it's super fun. <laughs> I don't think I have any Democrats anywhere in my family. <clears throat> I do. It she gets hates, spicy. She hates, 
the gun aspect of the Libertarian Party. She hates it. She understands, you know, taxes could be reduced and things like that. She's not, you know, she worked for the Navy and everything. Like she understands like those aspects. Her big kick is the, is our second amendment. She's scared. (laughs) You think she is one of those believers that we need to take away guns and everything will be safer. That's like bootleg. He's just like that. Ridiculous. (laughs) So. Yeah, so that is that is my single... <clears throat> anyone who's ever talked to me for more than five minutes will know that guns is my favorite conversation. Uh, so I'm going to have to make a trip up to PA whenever you have an event. You said your mother-in-law's there? Yeah. I'll let you know when my son's birthday is. She'll come up from Maryland. She actually lives in Maryland. She's <laughs> in Maryland. Yeah, she, uh, she worked for DC. She worked for the Navy. She was one of the highest paid civilian positions. So she lives about 40 minutes outside of DC. Well, no wonder she's lived in D.C. No wonder she believes in gun control. Yes. It's like a cesspool and a very brainwashed place. You would not You would think, though, somewhere with, like, really stringent gun laws would make people more anti-gun law. Like, the, the amount of crime in D.C. is it's pretty high. Like, you go to the nation's capital, see the White House, and you get stabbed and robbed. It's what she's used to, though. It's like that comfort level thing. You know, she's used to crime, but she doesn't equate it to that. But she's not used to seeing guns and having people shoot guns and holding them. And So I, I had I had a really good conversation with her the other day because she's like, you know, talking about how guns need to be removed. And I was like, you own a gun. And she goes, no, I don't. Really? And she's like, no, I don't. I said, you absolutely 100% own a gun. The difference is, is your gun is at the police station mm-hmm. and other people's guns are in their house. Yours is going to take a delay of 15 minutes to get to you, and theirs is going to protect them immediately. That's a spike argument, isn't it? I'm not sure. Maybe again, but I think I heard Spike do that. The first time I ever heard that, I think was Spike, but that's a great great argument. It's such a valid argument. Like Mm -hmm. you pay taxes, you pay the police, you have a gun. Yeah. You just don't have it readily available for you to use in the event. Yeah, you're of- admitting that the time comes that people need to kill each other. That's what you're admitting. Yes. To protect other people and property. You're admitting that. You just don't want to do the dirty work yourself. 100%. Yeah. And she just kind of looked at me and was like, what You're right, you- but I don't like that you're right. Yeah. <laughs> basically, basically. Yeah. And she'll probably kill me if she sees this, but <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. It's, I think I think family is really interesting, especially like my family is very Republican, and I believe Will's is as well. Um, my but my it's, immediate family is pretty libertarian. My parents are still a little iffy, but um, I have like one brother who's like I don't know what to call him, like a centrist, I guess. But uh, yeah, no Democrats. My sister, um, I made her take that political quiz thing where you know you find out which pre- presidential candidate you most align with, and she aligned with Howie. Green, I think his last name was, with yeah, the Green Party candidate. Party. I was like, how are we from the same family? Like, Republican or Democrat, maybe I could totally get on board with you, you know. Um, and I was like, no. but how are you How are you a Green candidate? Like, yeah. this makes no sense. I would rather have somebody be a Green candidate than Democrat, though, honestly, because it's – I'd probably rather than be a Republican. But I think that as long as they understand the non-aggression principle and peace and stuff like that to some yeah. extent – um, they might be they might be able to be closer to getting pushed into libertarianism. My sister likes social programs too much. So yeah, I, I'm, I I'm not going to go much more into that because that'll cause some more family drama. But <laughs> my sister thrives for social programs. <laughs> Basically, if I were talking to her, I would definitely send her that book. 
so yeah it's <clears throat> family's funny uh family's super interesting uh my grandmother i've actually kind of converted to libertarianism like she like says it now bless my grandmother's heart i don't know if that's just her agreeing with me because that's who she is as a person <laughs> but i think <laughs> yeah but she uh, i think i think she actually does because she agrees with a lot of the like we need to leave people alone stuff i don't know if she, she doesn't agree with everything which which is fine you know I, that's what i've said you're not you don't join a party because you agree with everything you join a party because you agree with most of it right um or you should at least it's what it used to be but uh yeah it, it's uh it's interesting so let's uh let's let's get away from the serious stuff. Let's get into the real juicy stuff. Uh, I know libertarians are you know time hogs like we suck up all of our free time to do LP stuff. Mm -hmm. but what do you what do you enjoy doing in your free time? I'm actually the PTO president at my son's school. So when I'm not doing LP stuff, I'm devoting my time to making sure kids have assemblies and snacks and fun stuff and the teachers have supplies. And then I also, um, I really love in, uh, making, creating and um, running events. So I work with my church where I'm active and uh, plan community events. We have a thing in Dallas town called Christmas in Dallas town. I'm one of the volunteers for that. And I believe it's like the 11th or 12th year this year. And basically all of Dallas town shuts down and churches open up with vendors and food trucks and all of this stuff. And basically it's an area for people to come shop for the holidays and support local businesses. So my literal life is about giving back to the community, whether it be through feeding the homeless downtown or community outreach. I, um, I'm not ashamed to say this. I, I am a Christian and I try and live my life in the image of Jesus. And, uh, and uh, that I try and do by the outreach and treating others with kindness and respect. And <laughs> if you're making faces or things, I can't really see them, but it's okay. Um, no, I'm not making faces. I just want to go down this rabbit hole with you. I, I, I just saw Will <laughs> get real close to the camera. Like, <laughs> like he was super excited. That's why I started grinning real big for anyone watching. I say it real quick because one time I had an interaction with someone in the state when we were talking about bylaws and he wanted to know every bylaw change that I wanted to have. And I was like, well, tell me which ones you want to hear. And he was like, you know, we went back and forth and then I made the statement because he questioned my motives and my integrity. And I told him, that, you know, Christian and blah, blah, blah. And he still didn't like what I had to say. And the last thing he said to me in that conversation was hail Satan. And I was like, how mature are you? <laughs> yeah really. but i am open Fine. go ahead will uh was that is that the same guy who has rat fuck badge at the lp convention because it sounds like him no this is actually someone um and because i don't like to slander people um someone who is seeking an office oh interesting That's all i will say okay so damn okay we'll get to the religion thing oh gosh dang it see god right. doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> um so I, we had a pastor on here. I've had a, actually on both podcasts. His name's Tubb. He's running for um, city council in Jacksonville, Florida. He's a really cool guy. Okay. But we talked about psilocybin mushrooms. And he doesn't think that they align with, with God's view and uh, the Bible and Christianity. I think that they do. And uh, I would like to know where you stand. Um, oh, my son is coming over, so you may get to see him. Perfect timing. <laughs> Ask him what he thinks. 
You want to say hi real quick? And then you need to go upstairs. You can't sit with me, sweetheart. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, this never happens. My husband's supposed to be, you know, like playing Minecraft with him. Oh, he's asleep and did not play Minecraft. Um, I apologize. I, can you repeat that? What do you think that psilocybin mushrooms mm. align with being a Christian? Um, I don't know enough about them to be able to really say. I apologize, guys. We got an extra special guest. Today. That's okay. Um, <laughs> We're used to it. I have a cat usually that's in the in the shot. I believe that God gave us free will, and you know He created things to have a purpose on this earth. And he also gave us free will. So if that's what someone chooses to use, then that is of their own will. Okay. That's probably not the answer you wanted to hear. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, when I, I'm not going to try and sit here and say that I know about something um, or anything like that. But, you know, when it comes to things that God created and, you know, it all comes back to free will, it comes back to that personal responsibility, which I've, mm -hmm. I've actually had arguments with people that I believe if Jesus were here on earth right now, he would be a libertarian. Oh, 100%. He flipped the tables of tax collectors. You know, he believed that everyone had a personal responsibility. And, you know, so I've actually had like major <laughs> arguments with people about that at flea markets and stuff. I feel like people back then weren't ready for libertarianism, but Jesus revolutionized the way that people thought about some of the most basic aspects of, of you know, being a person. And I feel like libertarianism is, is just as much that as Christianity is. And mm -hmm. so I think he absolutely would be because that's what he's exactly about. Yeah. And he brought people to, to know God and to appreciate that, not necessarily to religion. And I think that that's kind of what we do as libertarian is we bring people to liberty. We bring people to understanding that they have a voice and they have a, a, a right to use that voice and you know what way and they have rights that were given to them and you know right. in the meantime we bring them you know we hope that that brings them to libertarianism but that doesn't mean that it always does but it does help to open their eyes yeah okay. i actually i applied for a job at a <clears throat> at a college around here uh that that's christian based and they 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 have a block on the application that wants you to describe your your religion and like Christ, like what sect of Christianity and all this. And I went in this great, this beautiful spiel about anarcho-Christianity and how you can't truly be uh, for just God if you serve a government as well. And it was great. It was beautifully written. And uh, I didn't even get a, a response email. It must have gone that poorly with them because uh, it is kind of a, an organized religious church or church or school. But uh I want to I want to throw this one to you because I, I really like throwing this at people, especially like Christians that talk about prohibition. The first the first lesson of the Bible, and no one can argue this, the first lesson that the Bible tells you is that prohibition doesn't work. He said, "You may eat from anything in the garden, but not from this tree." What's the first thing they eat? Yep. They that's eat from true. the tree, one hundred percent. I believe. I mean, that's the argument I have. I I've never done a drug in my life. I have no intention to do any drugs, but I also understand that the moment you take something away from someone, the first thing they want to do is do it. Whether it's don't touch this wall, there's wet paint. What is that person going to do? Is there really wet paint? Let me touch that. <laughs> like, you know, when I tell the kids at the end of the day, stop talking. I need to hear the buses be called. 
what is the first thing they're going to do? Why does she need to hear the buses be called? Why, you know, they end up talking. So prohibition, <laughs> prohibition does not work in any way, shape or form. Amen. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, guys, I got to give you like a 10 minute warning because I have class tonight and have to leave at the normal time. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Exactly. I will. That's gonna go on. That's gonna go on forever now. Forever, it will. Because I'm, I, I'm gonna do this every, every Thursday. Because usually we end at 40, 45 minutes anyway. But anyway, sorry to, sorry to break it up. Ugh. Okay, now I want to go back to something you said earlier. So, are you running for LPPA chair? Or LP? I am. Yeah. I am running for the chair of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Dope. That's cool. How many opponents do you have? I, um, when I started, I had four. I had three. There was four total. Um, John Waldenberger decided to, uh, move his run to secretary. Okay. At least that's the last I heard. He likes, I love John. He likes the flip flop, <laughs> but, um, and then Avery, um, there's John, um, Avery Rumberger, Rumberger, he's going to kill me. Um, he was running and Rob Calburn was running, is running. Now, when I was on Cajun show two weeks ago, almost, um, Avery actually res- uh, dropped out of the race during my Cajun run be- and fully endorsed me because of the way that I was presenting myself during the, uh, during the interview. And it was very humbling. And I started crying <laughs> during the, uh, the interview because I mean, that's not something you expect to happen. Um, so as of right now, unless someone decides to jump in last minute, it's Rob and myself who are running. Very cool. It's kind of nice whenever they kind of like splay out like that. Yeah, Avery's I, uh, an amazing. Avery's amazing. He worked on the Joe Jorgensen campaign with me. Uh, he's eighteen, nineteen. I mean, he worked on the Joe Jorgensen campaign when he was seventeen and couldn't actually awesome. vote. Um, so it was. My son made me a little heart, guys. Um, <laughs> um and uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, okay. He. Uh, he, he, he's doing a bunch with youth outreach and he's going to be a huge asset in this party. And I can't wait to see the, the leaps and bounds he takes. Um, but it is nice that, um, I mean, it's not nice. It, it was, you know, I was looking forward to running against all of them. Um, but Rob's a great, um, person to be able to run against. Uh, he is the Mises promoted candidate. So, I mean, there's that and I'm more, uh, caucus agnostic. So, you know, we both have our, our platforms that we kind of lean to. Okay. So I'm running for chair in my state too, but I'm so far unopposed. Nobody else has declared. So I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. I bet you're stressed. When did you announce this? Uh, months ago. Did you, have you talked about <laughs> it on here? You ain't told me about it. I'm sorry, man. No. By the time when you came to Oklahoma in November, I'd already announced it by then for sure. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, nobody's nobody's running against me yet. I mean, <laughs> hey, you announced on here now, so I mean, they may throw someone just right at you now. They might. We'll see. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I'm <laughs> deeply hurt. We, you didn't tell me about your chair run, and then we're like, I'm like, hey, we need to get Natalie Bruno on. Who's her comms guy? And guess who that is? <laughs> Oops, it's actually kind of up in the air now. I might not be her comms guy anymore. It's kind of iffy. I wasn't doing a very good job. I just don't have enough time to give to her because I'm 
you know, between OKLP and, and this and Vet Caucus and other stuff. And uh, I let her know that and stuff. And so I think she's going to try to find somebody to do a better job than I am. And I understand completely. So like every other libertarian activist is we're all stretched too thin and yep. we have no time. Exactly. We wear 12 million hats. Yep. But I'm, I'm happy to wear them nonetheless, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's the best thing I can do with my time. You know, nothing nothing better for the world. So I try and, I try and wear hats that like mingle together you know like being the campaign manager for joe and nicole for uh, governor and lieutenant governor you know being chair will allow the chair of the party to be going around campaigning with them and that's just going to show a strong party strong unity behind these candidates it's only going to have a strong message and i and that's one of the reasons why i ran and am running for chair because you know i got their support and i just think it, it gives a really good message when we're out and about well hey guys i apologize i have to go my phone's getting blown up with work calls and <laughs> i i work for a company that provides people with like baths and caregivers and stuff and i just don't know if it's an emergency okay so thank you so much for being on christine and uh talking bootleg i love you thank you for the surprise you are uh, an asshole and a great friend <laughs> I, I expect an invitation all right all right, we'll talk. We'll talk. My son's yelling Sweet because you said a swear word. Oh. All right, see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Well. And then there were two. And then there were two. I feel and like I have, have to like announce some kind of like chair candidacy. Like I'm running for LNC chair to abolish LNC. I was LNC. just going to say that. You should run for LNC chair. What's what's kind of funny is that like there was a rumor going around for a long time that uh, I was running and I didn't know about it. And then someone asked me about it. I said, oh, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I want to focus on local and state stuff. I have no desire to dab my hands into this to the national stuff at any time in the near future. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so I'll say this: There's a lot of great activists in Tennessee, uh, but I want to drive very fast into a hard object sometimes. And uh, I mean, like I said, a lot. There's a lot of great activists, but I can only imagine how the the national level is. It, I can yeah. insanity. Well, our last state board meeting, to give you an idea, was seven and a half hours long. So there's a lot of great activists in the state. Oh, he's giving me presents um, that uh, that just wanted the best for the party. And it's apparent when you have a seven and a half hour board meeting. How many people are on your board? Um, about 50. I think it's I think the last count was 47. There are some bylaw proposals for convention. I know it's exhausting. Doesn't it just sound exhausting? Um, there are My some feelings by- hurt for you. <laughs> there are some bylaw proposals um, being presented at convention to like take a So we have six, well, there's 67 counties in Pennsylvania. Now, not all of those counties are organized and have a board rep. So um, there's about 37 of them that have it. And some are regional committees. My son is dancing behind us. Um, and uh, and then you've got the standing committees like membership, affi- um, 
legislative action, information services, the uh, media relations, things like that. They all have a board vote. And then you have your XCOM that have board votes. So your treasurer, secretary, Eastern vice, Western vice, central vice. Um, and then the immediate past chair gets a vote as well. Um, so there's a lot. And so one of the bylaws proposals that's being presented is um, to change from counties to more regional, kind of how like the LNC is set up where there's a couple states and they have a representative and then to remove the standing committees from having votes as well. So um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. I mean, this is good though. Yeah, I mean, it shows that I'm a mom who is also running for chair. So he is he's I mean, my I've entire life. So I've said it about Natalie Bruno is that not sure how or why it ends up being, but you know, female candidates with kids, uh like especially kids that have been, you know, around a few years, like like older kids, um are far more organized than anyone can ever imagine. And it looks like complete and utter chaos, but <laughs> these are the people that you want to do this because I mean, when things go bad, they're like, Oh, I got a plan for this. Let's figure this out. Boom, done, fix it, go. Yeah, I I mean, it's I can't mute it, honey. I'm so sorry. Um, he uh, <laughs> he, I can you know, see that you can mute it. You say hi. <laughs> That's a different button. Um, you know, it is chaos, and you know, he. I, you know, I tried for three and a half years to get pregnant. So he is my one and only. And you're being very rude right now. Please stop. Um, You know, he is my life and it's unfortunate I have to share custody. But, you know, when he's home, I try and show him that I'm a strong mom who can work and be a volunteer and an activist in the community and also be a mom. And sometimes that involves him being part of my podcast, apparently. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my husband apparently passed out upstairs so <laughs> things happen and we just adapt he will be with Absolutely. me at convention actually um you know he's really excited he's talked to spike on the phone and spike has sent him messages but he hasn't had the chance to actually meet spike yet so he's very excited about convention and being able to finally meet spike um but you know i'm still gonna be a mom at convention so you know there are things that i won't necessarily be participating in because i have to feed this child and you know, make sure that he's safe and stuff. And apparently, being a crazy person dancing behind me, but um, <laughs> he sees himself dancing on the side. Um, you know, but oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Um, it's totally fine. I've got a five and a three year old, so I'm used yeah. to it. Yeah, wait till they get to be seven. Um, <laughs> it just it just gets more chaotic. But um, you know. He is my number one priority, and but I also want him to be brought in into the into the political world so he can see that he, you know, that mom's trying to make change for him in the future and to be a part of it. And you know, he knows what the nap is. Uh, you know, kid version is you know, be nice to everybody and you know, don't take their stuff. Um, and actually, he will could be a voting member at convention because as of right now, Pennsylvania doesn't have a voting limit on the age. So he is a member of the LPPA and can technically vote in March. Um, But obviously that will not happen because that's just absurd that a seven and a half year old can uh, vote, which is another bylaw proposal that's being proposed at convention as well to put an age limit on it. 
That's actually a really good idea because you mentioned that. And I was sitting there thinking about our state bylaws. I was like, there's no age uh-huh. cap on it. It's yeah. it's just, you just have to be a resident and pay dues. I was like, yeah. oh, God. We actually allow out of state currently to be members of our party as well. So uh, there's, uh, I assume there's going to be a handful of out of staters going to be at our convention, which is another bylaw proposal that's being proposed is to remove that. You know, it made sense when we were smaller, but now that we're so large, we have the delegates to be able to figure out what Pennsylvania needs and wants when it comes to stuff. Um, So we are, you know, that's another thing, but we actually established a classification for kids from newborn to newborn to uh, 13. It's called the junior porcupines. So they will still be able to have an LPPA membership, but you, uh, if this bylaw passes in March, uh, you wouldn't be able to vote until you're 14. And we figured, because I'm a membership committee, I'm actually the board rep for membership. We came up with that number because 14 is when you can get like a work permit. And you're usually a freshman. So you start learning about politics and more of like that, that kind of the, the political system in high school. So it made sense that, you know, no one, some people wanted it younger. Some people wanted it older. And, you know, we kind of just compromised on this because of those, uh, those facts. That's, that's. I can't really argue with that. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you're old enough to get a work permit and work in the state, why not? Why not give them a voice in in the party that they want to be a part of? Because uh, that's awesome. Well, and so, you also think about it when they're four. Like, think take Avery for example. You know, he wanted to be involved. He couldn't vote that election, but he wanted to have a voice in you know the way that the party moved. So, if someone's you know, a kid starts um, participating when they're fourteen. By the you know. By the time they're 18, they could have another election and they will have, you know, been fully entranced into the libertarian ways, you know, and, and, you know, encourage their friends, talk to their friends and everything. And that's how you get youth outreach. And that's how we move liberty on into other generations. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, getting kids involved is important because it's their future. Like that's why I got involved with this, you know, looking at my kids, like the world that we're going to leave them. And I'm sure you feel the same way, but the world that we leave them needs to be better than the world where we are currently left. And we've got to find something better. Like something has to be better than this. And we, we, I think we can find that, but yeah. But, um, so there's a couple of questions for you if you want to answer them. Uh, yeah, I can't see them because I don't have my glasses on because of the glare. But Bree says, okay, so there's been a lot of issues with speakers at conventions locally and nationally. As chair overseeing convention committees in the future, how would you recommend speakers be addressed in the future? You know, I am not a fan of every speaker that's going to be in Pennsylvania, um, but I understand that there is a need for a variety. And I think the way that we kind of Uh, went forward with it this past year with putting out a survey and asking people who would be attending convention, how they would, you know, who they would like to see and if they would be willing to sponsor and things like that was a really smart way to engage the um, delegates, the people who pay the dues in the state. And um, this is probably your most entertaining (laughs) podcast. Um, (laughs) Um. you know, I think I think asking the people who are going to be spending the money how they want to spend their money 
makes the most sense. You know, I do would, I would like, especially as we grow with candidates to have a lot more of educational speakers speaking on how to run a campaign, how to do, you know, what kind of, see, I trained him. That's well. awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a really good picture of him waving at, at when we were feeding the homeless, but um, anyway, uh, you know, educational stuff where we're doing finance training for anybody who wants to be a treasurer on a campaign because we're really lacking those can those people. Um, but, you know, having more educational, even if they're just breakout sessions that are free, but have people who are willing to step up to talk about them, um, I think would be really beneficial as, you know, we grow. Uh, in my opinion, Pennsylvania is the most successful affiliate in the country because we, as of right now, I believe it's 206 total because um, we had some people who were still in office who didn't, you know, have an election this year. Uh, so we had 176 this year, but then we also had like 30 or 40 that were kind of lingering from previous elections. So we have over 200, which I believe is more than the whole country combined. Yeah. PA is getting it. Um, <clears throat> Y'all have got, <clears throat> excuse me. Y'all have got some great stuff going on. I have actually introduced bills into our state uh, that kind of mock what y'all are doing. I'm like, look, it's working. Like it <laughs> obviously works. Like, so let's try some of this. Like, I mean, but uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, like, I wish, you know, I wish Tennessee could do that. But just seeing that someone else is able to do it gives me a little bit of hope that, you know, there is a future where we can start electing some libertarians. But, future uh, president right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the Molten Maneuver is, is amazing. Um, he's climbing on the chair. Uh, is amazing, but it's not going to work in every state because of the way the primaries and stuff are held. So, you know, we need to figure out a way to maybe adapt it to help it go national in some of the some of the states that um, Cajun just responded to me, by the way. Um, what did he say? Um, he, he said, really? What a goober. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> really what a goober you talked to chris huh um that's what he said so please get down um you know what we need to do is find a way to adapt the molt maneuver to those states that don't that the molt maneuver wouldn't necessarily work in um we i actually have plans in york we had come up with an idea moving forward um, and I would love to see it go statewide is molt maneuver is to run for those who don't know to run uncontested races where, or where no one's running. So what my goal, what we want to do here in York is get people to run for those seats, but also at the same time to run paper ballots, at least for contested races. So it normalizes seeing libertarians on the ballot. Um, so even if you don't win for a state rep and you only win for the auditor, they will have seen that they had a libertarian as an option for state rep. And I think that that is the best way to go forward, especially with trying to win those larger seats. You know, we get um, some backlash from people for winning dog catcher spots in Pennsylvania. And those, uh, those positions, those offices, we're just going to have a, someone appointed to, and people got to elect a libertarian and, you know, a constable could turn into a sheriff an auditor could turn into the auditor general, you know, these, these things, um, lead to larger offices down the road. And, you know, you can't just jump. I know I love Joe. I love spike, but you can't always just jump into winning presidency. 
Like that's, that's not how it works. It's these lower offices. Um, he wrote me a note that says, I love you. Um, it's these lower offices that kind of, like I said, normalize having libertarians on the ballot and in office and in their communities. And once they start seeing that, they'll be more inclined to vote for representatives, for senators, for governors and things like that. Another thing, too, talking about just yeah. jumping straight to president, contrary to a libertarian belief, not everyone is cut out to be a candidate. Nope. It, 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 it does take a special kind of person. What I've noticed is some of the best activists make some of the worst politicians because it's a, it's two separate worlds. It, that, and this is my opinion. Anyone mm-hmm. can say I'm wrong. But I know great activists that I was like, like, you should never run for office. And I see people who are great, who would be great politicians who kind of struggle with activism. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it's two different worlds. Like, Being a candidate, what? really, you, you got to be able to reach people on their level. Um, which not everybody can. And uh, you need to be able to convey things in a way that the per- the person can understand. And that's why Spike is such a good candidate. You know, he knows how to talk to someone in a language that they'll understand without dumbing it down. He just, ma- he, you know, engages with them and figures out like their love language, so to speak. Um, you know, um, Joe, I think was a really good person. You know, I know some people didn't like Jorgensen, but I think she was really good at conveying the message and breaking it down. Um, you know, there are some other people that I think have been not good candidates <laughs> who have run for office um, in in our state, in other states and everything like that. Uh, you know, I appreciate their dedication to the party and trying to be on the ballot and everything like that. Um, but there's some people who just like to hear themselves talk. And that's why they run for office. And and those people need to not run for office ever again. Because, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. those darn podcasters that like to hear themselves talk a lot. Uh, they should never. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, it's, it's about reaching people. You know, politicians aren't activists. You know, they're the ones that spread the message. And then they have activists that work for them or work with them to, to get things done. Uh, so a couple more here. Let's see. Yep. For bootleg, I was just in Nashville. Was told by locals the mayor's passed absolutely outrageous and ridiculous taxes. Well, that's what you get for going to Nashville. West Tennessee is abysmal. There's a lot of great people in Nashville, but y'all live in the worst part of the state, East Side. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I had to put a Mac on because there's questions and I can't read them. So, <laughs> uh, so. Yes, that was Bree was just talking about Nashville and their outrageous taxes, which to be fair, Nashville is outrageous anyways. But another one for you uh, from Bree says, Christine, what do you do to make sure that you follow through with your commitments? I know you have a lot of things you are involved with. That's a great question. And one I've been asked a lot um, because I am involved in a lot and it really comes down to having a team, you know, you can't do everything by yourself. It's, it will never happen. (laughs) You are naive to think that it would, if, you know, um, you know, my husband is with the exception of falling asleep tonight, (laughs) um, usually very supportive and he, no, he is really very supportive. Um, we just had COVID through our house. So he, yeah. So, um, but you know, my husband is my number one support system. My dad is supportive. So if I need him to, you know, to, to watch the kid or something during a sine wave, you know, he jumps on the extra time with his grandson, his 
his, uh, his first grandson. Um, but, uh, it really comes to having a team. My PTO, I have two vice chair, vice presidents and secretary and a treasurer, and they're all phenomenal. And we're able to get stuff done because we delegate tasks and we work together. And that's how I try and help make sure my commitments, you know, get follow through, you know, have I dropped the ball occasionally? Absolutely. I'm human. It happens. Um, do I apologize empathetically when I realize it happens? Yeah. And uh, it actually happened recently that I um, forgot to respond to someone and they uh, they said that they actually backed away from the committee because I didn't respond to them. And I felt horrible about it. You know, it wasn't something intentional. It just was an accident. Um, and I acknowledged it and apologized. And after that, it's not anything that I can change. But, you know, it, it comes down to having that teamwork and knowing that it's a two-way street. So if there's something you need you know, and I'm not getting back, send a message and, um, and, you know, I'll try then, you know, it'll be like, Oh crap. Like I have to get back to that. Yeah. That one was just, uh, well, speaking of teams, she is a fantastic member of this team. Uh, she says, hashtag bootleg for overlord. So, you know, I'm an anarchist that believes that only I can rule the world peacefully. So, you know, it's a long running joke. I can't get into it, but <laughs> basically I'm going to take over the entire planet. Oh, okay. I support you. Well, I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for dissension. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, it'll be peaceful. It's like, it's like communism. Like you, you, okay. you, you, it's, it's peaceful as long as you agree. So anyway, Good to know where I stand and what will uh, be in my near future. So thanks for that. As long as I can still be the chair of LPPA. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're good. (laughs) Well, Miss Womack, I really do appreciate you coming on tonight. It's so good talking to you. Um, It's a great conversation. Thank Uh, you. It's great being on. I apologize about the little co-star. He's now playing on a Switch. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's uh, it's that it's that kid's uh, attention span. It's oh, I can't no. Okay, I'm I'm over here. Yeah. Yeah. He just asked if he could pee in the basement. I said absolutely not. <laughs> uh, That's my life tonight. So. <laughs> but there's one. Uh, so I try to I try to leave as many shows as I can uh, thinking of um, if that I can think about like if I remember to do so with some really good information for people and. Um, I think you hit on it there towards the end, which is uh, everyone sees what libertarians involved in the party give up. You know, we all know like what it takes to, you know, be a chair of something or be affiliated with something or do this or do that. But I think the people who really need a lot of credit and who need a really good applause are the, the significant others of people in the party, the people who are giving up their time with someone that they love to do these things. And, and I know my wife, she knows that I'm very passionate about this stuff and it's, it's taxing on her, you know, taking her to events and, or sometimes I have to go and she can't because, you know, we do have kids and she, she's very protective of our kids. You know, it's, someone's got to watch them and she's like, Hey, I, I can stay and you can go. And, uh, so to all the significant others out there and it, it was Valentine's day this week. So this will work in good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, marriage day was on Sunday. National marriage I day. I didn't know that was a thing. 
that's a thing. Well, now you I know. Something new. <laughs> Learn something new every day. But yeah, y'all are the ones that that keep this party moving. Your sacrifice, your support, and uh, yeah, y'all are y'all are the real champions. You deserve all the awards. Uh, I think every year we should give out a, a, a spouse award, which it just goes to all, like, all the significant others out there, just all of them all at once, because they're the real heroes. So it, they absolutely are. And um, I'm going to gloat for a second. You know, my husband isn't. You know, we get to do all the LP stuff together. And it's unfortunate that I have to share custody, but we really dive in when my son is with his dad um, together. But he doesn't just help with LP. He dressed up as the Grinch for the PTO Santa breakfast this past December and was like legit in character from the moment he left our house till he walked to the school. Um, Like, and he was in character all through the gym. Like the, I kept getting messages of whoever that Grinch was, was amazing. My kids loved him and everything. And, you know, it warmed my heart, especially after all of the chaos with my husband's election. He, he won his election, but he's not able to take office um, because someone challenged because of felonies he had 20 years ago. But that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, and it was someone in the county, <laughs> in like in our borough that did it. So like, knowing that he's making such an impression on these kids and being a part of their life and bringing them joy, despite some of the hate that comes from the borough. Um, it just, you know, it shows just the amazing man that he is. And he really, you know, him and all the other spouses uh, really do deserve all the accolades when it comes to being supportive. That's awesome. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it's, it's a fantastic thing. I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Um, Everyone wants to talk about, you know, Tasha Cohen's husband and all that, but it's, it is, it is a huge thing. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes on with a lot of people and it's, it's phenomenal that they, they put up with us and they, they stick around for all the the time that we dive into these things. I know I had one week where I had podcasts and meetings almost every single day and my poor wife was not thrilled, but you know, she's like, Hey, I understand. We knew what this was getting into it. So. We should actually, uh, create an award and call it the Tasha award, you know, give her the epitome of being the spouse award, you know, like the Vince Lombardi trophy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it would be the, it would be the Tasha Cohen award. And, uh, and we would give it to the spouse that was like the most supportive through here <laughs> because, you know, that poor woman has to deal with a lot when it comes to Spike. So it should be named I, after her. I feel like that's a dangerous game you're playing because now you're, 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 you're having to have people say that their spouse is better and the one person that says their spouse isn't better or their significant other isn't better will not be eligible to nominate that same person the next year because they probably won't be there. We'll do like a merge of Dundies and a, and a Tasha Cohen award where you just give like different titles for each spouse for their, you know, like the whitest sneakers and they're all trophies. <laughs> they're, they're all bowling trophies too. Basically. I have a Dundee down here because because uh, of all the stuff we did with Spike and Scranton. Oh my <laughs> but yeah, have little Dundees that have Tasha on them. As you know, nice. that's what we'll do. As that's LPPA awesome. chair, I will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as LPPA chair, I will formally nominate my husband every single year to be the. The Tasha Cohen Award winner. <laughs> yeah, it's totally it's totally not biased. I swear, no. you guys, it's totally not biased. All right, Christine. Well, I really do appreciate you coming on. I do re- appreciate you reaching out. Uh, 
Brian Lambert highly recommended you coming on here and you're probably not going to take his advice anymore after this, but, uh, he's a great guy. You're an awesome woman. Thank and, you. He uh, would, uh, he would, he would kill me. I keep saying that everyone apparently is going to kill me, but Brian is amazing. He does way too much work for a little pay and, uh, he need Yeah. And, uh, he, he deserves all of the, uh, the awards. So we should give him props. So thanks Brian for in- encouraging me to come on to not a real libertarian. Cause I had fun. I really did. It's, it's nice to talk about the, the stuff, but it's also like good to be able to get to know someone. Um, you know, because I can sit here and spiel about everything, but the molt maneuver and how I want to get 300 people elected in 2023, I can do all the this spiel, but you know, some people want to know someone and who they are. And I really think everyone got to know. <laughs> so, um, I hope everybody watched and watches. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's, if you want to watch this without giving into the tech giants uh you can go to the website it's it's loaded up there i'll start loading it however long after this and then walk off and go eat dinner but uh yeah i really do appreciate you coming on you've been an awesome guest it's been a lot of fun and uh i look forward to seeing big things out of you all up in pa and you if you you know i I try not to pick sides in the in the internal races but uh, you know, if you make chair, I really look forward to big things from you. And well, I'll have to make my way up there one year and uh, try and make a convention or some kind of event. Yeah, we will welcome you with open arms and maybe I'll make you some Fosnox since we usually uh, have conventions sometime, you know, between Fosnox Day and uh, Easter. So. Okay, you got to you have to tell me what that is. It, it's a donut. It's a German donut. It's so a German cool. delicious donut. Why not call it a donut? Because it's a Fasnacht. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, <laughs> Go yeah. look it up. <laughs> I'm actually making, to tell you about things I enjoy doing real quick, I'm making over 200 of them um, in two weeks for my son's entire school. So. <laughs> well, good on you. That's That's a lot of work. <laughs> But again, I appreciate you. I don't want to hold you up and stuff like that, but I do appreciate you having me on and and my co-host apparently. Does he want to say goodbye or Would you like to say goodbye? Um we're in our switch now, so <laughs> he's mad it. I wouldn't let him pee in the basement. That's the real takeaway is you don't pee in basement, folks. Don't yeah, don't pee in your basement unless, unless you've got you have a toilet. A toilet. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Oh, a toilet that's plugged up because you'd be surprised how many people have spare parts in their basement. Uh, so if it's hooked up correctly, yeah. and a bucket does not suffice. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, yeah. That would... <laughs> that's a good way to end. It's talking about how you should not pee, or if you do pee in a basement, how to do it properly. <laughs> My lord, yeah, yep. Uh, so if you are someone struggling with peeing in a bucket syndrome in your basement, uh, reach out to uh, Miss Christine on Facebook at Christine Womack or Christine Kosler Womack for LPPA chair. Well, I'm sorry, what Christine Kausler, Kausler, sorry, Christine Kausler Womack on Facebook for LPPA chair and uh, show her some love, you know, just. Do all the things. Do all the things. 
Well, ladies, gentlemen, uh, Miss Counselor Womack. There you go. You have a good night, and you're not a real libertarian. I'm not. Neither are you. Nope. Nobody is. That's the dirty nope. secret. That's the dirty secret. All right. Good night, and uh, everyone be free.